All right, let's get going right away. Uh, later in the show, we're going to have Jeff Dye with a special appearance uh, all the way from Better Late Than Never, uh, which is not really on anymore, nope. but NBC loves him. Very funny guy. Uh, you had him in studio at KBD? Oh, yeah. He's, He's great. He's awesome. We had him at our uh, Christmas show last year. He's amazing. And almost too handsome to be funny. Went drinking with him afterwards. I've never seen the, uh, the crowd change from average to amazing until he wandered in, and it wasn't planned they just beautiful people just show up when jeff dies there he's six four that bothers me it's ridiculous I'm th- me too i'm, I'm how tall are you like six feet are you six feet? drives me bananas at this dude you're you're six four to me he's yeah. six ten to me <laughs> uh scott long coming to us from indianapolis full face this week if you're watching the video yeah okay i'm wearing a three hundred fifty thousand dollar watch right now nice just like OBJ. <laughs> we're going to get into it, all of it. Uh, the first thing we want to do is like a little pop culture thing before we even get into some of the sports stuff that we're going to hit. Why is it? Like the, first of all, the Comedy Central roast stuff, some yep. of that started uh, leaking out. Yeah. And it seems like it's a lot of people who tell me I can't say stuff all the time. You shouldn't say different things. And they're just saying the most horrific yeah. things ever. Yeah. Why does a roast suddenly open you up? to be allowed to make they're making caitlin jenner jokes to her to yeah yeah is that part of is that part of the reason why it's okay she has signed on so maybe so i don't know yeah i don't get it either because if if chris rock can't do a betty white joke i can't say nothing about (laughs) betty white (laughs) because it's just out of control and yeah i mean it does seem awfully weird that there's that little safe island of we'll do whatever we want and we're going to try to make it Horribly offensive. If it's offensive every day to where people have to be outraged when they hear a single word that it causes people to lose their jobs, how come it's not in that s- scenario? Is that kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah it's like, I, why does it all of a sudden you're, you, you're on ghoul? Yeah. You have force field. You still thought, <laughs> you still thought the thought right. and said the words. It's no different than tweeting it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and he's winning. No, I don't yeah. <laughs> he's doing it and I, nobody's getting mad. Uh, yeah. Well, they're getting mad, but nothing's happening. Yeah. I I don't know. All right, so that was my little rant to get into that. Uh the next thing I want to hit, by the time this comes out, I I'm not sure where it'll be, but in terms of the Antonio Brown saga, we got into oh. it I don't know if you heard it, Scott. Uh we had an emergency podcast. That's right. John called me uh on the uh the Caliendo phone. <laughs> Cat phone. Uh, the cow phone? Yeah. And said, we need to do a, a podcast. <laughs> Was that that? That's you. Demanding? That's you. We need to do. Frank, I believe we need a podcast. <laughs> An opportunity today to open those mics. Let me force my vocabulary on you. <laughs> Not unlike a Comedy Central roast would. I for- forced my vernacular. Do you want me to do a Caitlyn Jenner impression? You can get out all your jokes? Uh, I'll, and I'll do John McCain. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, that's a weird one. Why not? It's the same guy. You told me that. It is. It's the same. <laughs> My friends. You know, I just want to be normal. That's, that's what all. we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Frank being six foot okay, four, 235-pound okay. woman is attractive in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that, Toledo. Cut everything he does today. <laughs> now, um... Yeah, well, you know what? It's a roast. It's fine. That's right. It's fine. She's it's here. Roast. She was just here. Uh, so the the thing with Gruden, the latest thing is that on a show today, the videographer for Antonio Brown was on and said they sent the video to John, and he said something like, "I love it, man. That's great stuff. I love it," and that is considered consent. To put that video out on YouTube. In terms of 
even even the recording of the phone call. Now I may be wrong on this, and I'm willing to be wrong, but to me it's a weird thing. I don't know what the law is in California. I know it's two party, but mm-hmm. does that mean that you have to let them know before the phone call happens and you record it? First of all, nobody's bringing that up. Can you just say, uh, is it okay if we use this, or is it okay yeah. that we recorded it? Is it retroactive later for them? Go, oh, it's cool. Correct. Right. And is it? Does that mean if you say, "I love it, man," that's I. I doubt he watched it. He didn't. And if he did watch it, how many videos do you watch without the sound on? Well, so, a little bit of sound. Most of them. When she's in the shower, I keep it real low. So <laughs> that's just my that's that's where I'm coming from on that. It is in terms of. I don't know why the words "I love it, man" are consent to put it out or or retroactive consent for. But isn't it just Gruden saying, "I want it all to go"? Yes, away. I, watched, I think so. I watched my Steelers last night and Ben Roethlisberger's reaction to as being asked about this this cloud of misery named Antonio Brown that has infected several teams now and an entire league that thinks it's all Dan Patrick. Everybody's like, this setup is so completely Antonio obvious. Brown is a Russian bot. <laughs> He's a Russian bot placed by the Democratic Party. But it is. They said, what do you think of Antonio Brown? He just goes, whatever. I know, was it Ben's was a, reaction, and he's, that's how that's everyone fair. feels. I think, and I think that's 100% fair. Gruden's trying to say, yeah, it's great, whatever it is. I love it. I love it. I love everything he does. Can we just stop talking about him? It's, we got, they got played like puppets. He, he doesn't look any more foolish by bringing it up and acting like it bothers him. So just, yeah, I love it, whatever it is it is. But I have a friend who's a lawyer who said that that two-party consent thing doesn't have to be the person involved that didn't know they were being recorded to sue. But the state isn't going to do anything about it. And right. Like, nobody's going to be. Nobody's going to do anything because they don't want to drag him back into the fold. And that's exactly if I'm him. I, if I'm Gruden, I just ignore it and walk away and just hope it. That's goes what he's doing. But what they're doing is they're mocking him. I've been I've been getting calls the yeah. last day for people like do some Gruden. I'm like he's my friend. Yeah. First of all, second of all, I don't I don't 100 percent agree that he's a complete buffoon in this. I think. Uh, I think he they got played. I think he's gotten played. I think everybody's gotten played. I don't know how you don't get played in that situation. Um, first of all, it seems like... Well, I know how you don't get played. You get a guy in charge of the NFL named Roger Goodell who gets off his ass and does something when this starts happening. We've watched athletes try to do this before, and a powerful leader will sit back and go, you've got a contract. This isn't. You're going to get suspended for conduct. Instead of sitting on his hands and saying, do whatever you want, You know, hiring the, uh, hiring the social media team is a fraud of a contract. That's breach of a contract to hire another thing and saying, get me out of this contract is fraud. You are, you are, that is against the law. So lawyers, if they want from the Raiders, can go after him for that because they basically can say he tried to get out of this contract by paying other people to say, get me out of it. And he did. He admitted it. So it oh, depends. Oh, yeah. He put that out and said, well, it wasn't him admitting it. It was him saying this happened, and I, I reached out to the social media team to see how fast I can get out of the deal and how social media can help quicker. Consultants told him, here's what I would do. Really? Because he wasn't getting I didn't fired fast enough. And he so, wasn't getting yeah, fired So fast that's enough. why that video the other day came out that was so well produced, uh, getting his side out. He's under contract. You're not allowed to, to disparage your employer under contract. You're just not. Right. And that's the whole point of a contract. The whole, I mean, you... You can't do that. You can't go on TV after you sign a even a short-term deal at a, at a comedy club on the weekend. You can't go on TV the whole time and go, oh, these owners suck and this and that. Although, that's a breach of contract. We were going to pay you. You're our employee. You're not allowed to do it. And all they'll oh, do really? is There's... all they'll do you is they'll tell you to go away. Right. But, I mean, if they really wanted to in this particular instance, they gave up th- two picks. 
I mean, they lost money. Yeah. I mean, this is bad. And, and they look foolish. On top of it all, the future is no more free agents are going to be interested in the Raiders because they look like idiots. Yeah, but if here's the difference, though. If they went after him, they aren't going to be getting certain free agents either. It's that right. Gilbert thing that happened in Cleveland where now all the owners run scared from coming off tough. And, I mean, I, I think the days of – the commissioner of any sport being able to come down hard on someone's personal behavior, unless it's, uh, I mean, they're afraid to even take down guys who, you know, beat their kids. Yeah. You know, no, you're I mean, right. Uh, so, so, I mean, I think there's, it's just a different time. And I used to always be pro player a hundred percent. Every, every owners, every time there was a strike, I was like, Oh, I'm pro player because the owners have, billions and these players but players salaries have risen to the point now and their behavior it's just like i don't know if it's the not just the media even the certain element of fans these guys can do no wrong whereas uh, andrew luck he's a superstar for he's the greatest guy ever because he retired a week and a half before the season Barry Sanders, 15 years ago, got booed at a Pistons game the yeah. year after he came back. Yeah. So it's a different mentality where these athletes, um, I, I feel like they don't, they feel like they're almost untouchable. Yeah, I, I so feel like you don't I, have to take that, one side or the other. Both sides are in great positions, and both sides are in yeah. bad positions, depending on the position. You know, depending on the way you're looking at it at the time. Uh, if you are, uh, did not hear the special episode we did, uh, Saturday's tapes, let them go, uh, Ronnie Chang, uh, that was, uh, there is a, there are a whole bunch of theory, a giant theory that John had. We signed on to a lot of it. He almost went Alex Jones on it. You have to understand what's happening here is that the entire NFL is in bed with every single one of the networks. They're all working in conjunction to make the frogs gay and get Antonio Brown on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> I just swallowed my own face. <laughs> Don't you think, though, that this is uh, also, a, I mean, you start going down that WWE route where, uh, I mean, Antonio knew this, that basically uh, Drew Rosenhaus has had uh, clients in the past like, look, people forget the antics. Your talent will win out. Burn your, burn your reputation for a couple weeks. Come back. 170 yards on your second game, and everybody would be like, oh, he's amazing. Everybody forgets. So he's basically promising Antonio Brown, this won't hurt you. Right. Go be absurd. Get out of this deal because you have to. It goes WWE, ESPN, NFL Network. Everybody eats it alive. The soap opera's there. Everybody wrestles. Is there something for- because people can't tell the difference between fake and real anymore? I'm, like I'm now questioning all of it. Right. Good point. I What's am merch? questioning all People of are so used to seeing this scripted reality yeah. that yeah. they don't know... Like it, it's kind of like Donald Trump being president. Not a political thing here at all. But ten years ago, yeah. I say Donald Trump. I, I talk about this in my act. Ten years ago, I say uh, Donald Trump's going to be president. You're, you're like, oh yeah. And who's your right. vice president? Vice President Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> you know, it's like they, I'm going to go to China, man. We're going to get rid of get give them some tariffs, brother. So it's like, come on. Yeah, that's the way it's going to happen. Exactly, one hundred percent. So, all right. I want to get into this. Again, we, we talked a lot at that, about that at length. Uh, I want to know your feelings on your Steelers. You started to get into it about a last little night. bit. Yeah. After, oh, well, it was Monday, Sunday night now. Sunday night, yeah. I, this, is, right. uh, this is three weeks from now. When <laughs> That's right. Whenever this goes into the ether. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew Saturday afternoon. Well, the funny thing was when I came in here and I was laying out the parameters of the contract before it got signed, 
uh, with friends of mine because I'm right. like, this is so fake now that I know exactly. You can revamp that quickly. I know exactly what's going to happen. Well, I'm just going to get to that. And then uh, when I got home, I saw a couple of people interviewing Steeler stuff on Steeler websites I follow. And you could see that the team had been like, it's, it's back. The, all summer they were free of this. And you could see it in their demeanor and everything else. Whether they're a good team or not, I don't know yet. But they were free of it. Uh, last night they walked into, he's here. My ex-wife is in the restaurant, and now I have to change my behavior. Uh, I didn't expect them to lay an egg like that. I didn't expect them to win the game. But they were, they were beaten the second they got off the plane because they couldn't stop. The, the AB Express was now going to be like, if you guys don't press and perform, what's it going to do? And now it just looks awful. And it's not like the Patriots needed the guy. I mean, they were yeah. they played a perfect football game last night against a good team. I don't know how good the Steelers are going to yeah, be. Yeah, the Steelers are solid. There's yeah. something, uh, again, the, the the Patriots truly are that. They're Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They're all American. But you, a couple of things you'd pointed out that I just want to r- recap quickly before we get on to a bunch of the games and some of the big stories. One, that somehow the Patriots miraculously had cap room. Yeah. They only had to get rid of two small contracts I saw in this past August 5th, Tom Brady restructured his contract, freeing $16 million, and they didn't make a move (laughs) until Antonio Brown. No team in the history of football has ever had a a major player restructure a deal without having to sign someone else right then and there. They just made room, knowing something will be out here. Oh, something will come our way. Some giant $15 million guy will pop up. You know, we should just have a few. How about we get about fifteen, sixteen million dollars would be a great idea. Just have that, just ready to go. What do we got in petty cash? <laughs> got any, we need to clear that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a te- it is terribly obvious. Again, I said it Saturday. I say it today. If you handed the script to the to the people at Scooby Doo, they'd be like, "This one's just too simple." Yeah, I just don't, I don't think this Mr. like it's old man yeah. Carruthers. <laughs> it's real, real electric. <laughs> Yeah, it just seemed so. Con- and now last year's NFC Championship game to me. I looked at that, that uh, they kept replaying that deal, and I'm like, that's good fodder for the Monday night opener. Uh, NFL and ESPN are all over showing the, the missed call. And I'm like, how much of this is Vince McMahon? Yeah. How much of this is now no longer real? I mean, the outcomes are probably pr- pretty real, but when they have an opportunity to make a game more interesting, boy, you can do an NFC championship game. You have the most egregious missed call ever, and everybody's excited about it this year. That, that should be an embarrassment to the league, and they should never replay it again. They're talking about it today like it was, uh, you know, who shot JR? Right. It's the greatest uh, controversy. It's, it's an entire city's passion. It's fans losing their minds over it. It's this, crazy. This crossover just is bringing me back to my childhood Saturday night's main event. Yeah, yeah we got all- F at the time, and all I see is Tom Brady entering the field. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's Dillinger. Do you hear that? <laughs> He's going to be wrestling some guy with. No, he's going to play next next week. The Patriots. Who do they play next week? Anybody the know? Dolphins. They play the. They're Dol- going to score a hundred. The points. Dolphins are going to have a snake in yeah. a sack. <laughs> what could be in that sack? Could that be? No. But tell me this: Do you guys do you guys think that the Dolphins, who are uh, a team who's <laughs> what if Jesse Ventura does the game? Oh. I understand we've got a problem at the game here. Turn this plane around. We're going to land it, and we're going to get down there. We're going to get to the bottom of this. As former governor of Minnesota, I know two things. Conspiracies and people who start conspiracies. <laughs> and which are you? Ah, uh, guy who solves them. Like <laughs> well, a Ruby Roo. <laughs> like it's old man Belichick, Scoob. That's uh, still not going to be me. You can't figure me out. I think there's going to be a certain aspect of blowback, though, because I think players are t- – like the Dolphins are trapped in Miami. 
And the one thing that they would have to do to get out is to blow up their image to try to leave. Nine guys after yesterday's Dolphins game reportedly went and asked for their release. Three publicly, which is insane. Now, Bill, Which is even more insane because that's more people than were in their stands. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Why would they risk their oh spines? Oh, my God. That was incredible. It was, um, and it's Miami. This is a huge franchise. People don't know. People come late. You forget. You yeah, that's with true. LeBron. That is very true. But don't you think, like, because Belichick called a timeout last night with six seconds left in the game to ensure he had the proper personnel in the field so the Steelers couldn't try a Hail Mary. It's 33-3. to He called a timeout. Listen, he didn't, the Steelers had timeouts, too. They didn't burn them up trying to say, hey, we need these points. They were just driving. They, they had to snap the ball. And I think you keep Brady out there and you keep your foot on people's throat like this. A team like the Dolphins is like, what am I playing for? They're beating us 52-3, to and they're throwing the ball? I'm going to crush this guy. And Tom Brady is now in par- This is a dangerous precedent to set to be this black hat. That they're trying to be. Tell that to Skip Bayless. I know it. What, does he just love it? He's just well, No, he's just the, the, the black hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is the bad guy. He yeah, is the but that, WWE sells, that sells WWE stuff. But you're, talk, you're literally talking about WWE is one thing. It's, it, it is actually fake. These guys are really hitting each other. And you're, you've got real passion. And dudes who are standing out there don't want to get beat by 50 points on TV. And then he's throwing the ball? I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you after you said WWE is fake. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Did I see? I, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. I, All right. I, Lamar Jackson playing against Oof. the Dolphins. Threw, threw for 9,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, That's a record. Again, <laughs> might not be anymore. No, I don't know. It's getting it's close. There's one. so many flags being thrown. I don't know anymore. But I think I think he looked good. I yeah. think he looks better. Um, I think Harbaugh went out there and told everybody all they were going to do is run, and then they threw. We'll see what happens. Playing the Dolphins. Listen, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I think everybody's doing that. They're going out uh, and saying all these – they're complete overreactions after the first week of the NFL. Yeah. It's it's insane it, what the, the conclusions people are coming to, other than the fact that might as well not play because the Patriots are yeah. going to Yeah, well, that's how it that's feels. All. It does feel that's that way. Good. Don't you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Not overreacting at all. No, not at all. That's, Steelers are going to be 1-15. One in, one in because <laughs> they get the Dolphins on their schedule. <laughs> Scott, what were you going to say? Well, I think four of the uh, playoff teams last year lost their first game. A couple of them lost it really badly. And if you want to examine just the Dolphins, you know, Patriots, which appears like the biggest mismatch ever, that's the one game the Patriots generally lose yeah. is in Miami. They lost it last year on the on the last play of the game when they ran like a – you know, one of one of those uh, Stanford, Stanford band type plays. <laughs> so, and Flores it was the defensive coordinator for Belichick. So, does he want to lay it into him? I mean, the other game Belichick lost last year that was really depressing. They lost to the Lions. His other assistant coach. So it and the seems Titans. like, yeah, and he played for you know, yeah, yeah and you know, Brable played for uh, him. So. Like it's one game. I think the Steel. I I thought the Steelers and the Eagles would play in the Super Bowl this year. Wow, I really did because the Patriots don't generally play two years in a row. Uh, I liked a lot of the Steelers' moves. The Steelers always suck against the Patriots. Yeah. So there's been years where they make it as long as they don't have to play New England. So true. teams that are about to, you know, people are going to jump off, you know, a cliff over one game. Uh, Dolphin fans should. I mean, they, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're trying to get to a, 
and they're 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 really good at it. Same I mean, they of, have put real. Same thing kind of happened uh, in that 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 was what was similar to that Dolphins game was Cowboys Giants. Giants. Yeah, because the Cowboys look loaded. The Giants look like they're prepping for next year. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't. I think you can't make any decisions. You can't have any overreactions in week one. Right. I, I think you, nope. three or four weeks in, you start to get some opinions. Yeah. But usually, the Patriots have, in the last few years have lost. That's the weird thing. They're not usually good in they've September. Lost three or four games, and right. they're learning. Yeah, they're that's scary. They're globo thermonuclear warring it. <laughs> but. <laughs> to use a current 1985-ish yeah. reference. War games ref. Little Matthew Broderick. The old gotcha. Whopper. I mean. Broke uh, out the Whopper there, Frankie. What are we doing? What are you doing with the Whopper, buddy? <laughs> Give me a little Joshua. Can't believe you broke out the Whopper on me. I mean, it's I was like totally taken aback. Two <laughs> Pittsburgh guys hanging out. I mean, that's what it is. How do we get off the Pittsburghian? I don't know what's happening, but I just can't stop thinking of Barry Corbin standing next to the Whopper. <laughs> Remember him? He was great. Good movie. Barry Corbin. Yeah, the guy that was uh, he was in Northern Exposure. He was the big general. Oh. Yeah. That would have been a Miller reference. That's why I brought it. I mean, uh, you lost <laughs> me there halfway between uh, Madagascar and Guam. Mr. Williams, take us to DEFCON There four. he is. <laughs> Barry Corbin, brought to you by our friend Dick Toledo. Yeah, but don't you think what we're talking about, though, uh, kind of to bring it back, is the WWE factor? Will you believe... A Patriots-Miami struggle next week if Miami suddenly starts to play or if the refs start to call holding. The Patriots had a five-game stretch last year with zero holding penalties, which is unreal that this is happening. And I don't know why. I have no basis for why it would be them, but there, something's going on. It's called coaching. <laughs> that must That's be it. exactly what it is, 100%. That must, what do you call it when T.J. Watt hits your quarterback in the arm during a throw and it— End over end out of his hand, right on stride to Edelman, because that happened last night. I've never seen it before. It was like a video game. I would call that fate. <laughs> it's just it's the hand of God. Or, or possibly <laughs> the force. Oh, that could be. It's what like, the hoodie's for. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, I'm, I'm in that mindset now after the Antonio Brown thing that it's a WWE world. The overreaction is because, you know, in the commonalities, like we said, politics and everything else, you get a 24-hour news service. You get 24-hour entertainment, basically. They have to fill it. And the NFL Network's done the same thing, and they very rarely fill it with NFL news. They fill it with the drama. And well, so now sport, we're I've said that. this a million times. Sports producers really don't care that much about the game. They're bored yeah. by the sport. Yeah. They're intrigued by the stories. Yeah. It's more interesting to them. All right, let's keep moving on because uh, who else was re- – the Vikings were way better than I expected them to be. Uh, Not me. No? I love no. the Vikings. Yeah. I think they're, they were uh, the team, I think, in the NFC that was going to play the Eagles in the finals. They, they lost Dalvin Cook last year. Yeah. That was the team that went into the season people thought was a Super Bowl-level team. Cousins didn't play that well, but Cook got hurt early in the year. Um, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I think Zimmer's a really good coach. And uh, personally, I think this is the season where teams that run the ball are going to have big success. Uh, the The idea that you got to pass the NFL, I think the defenses have kind of caught up with some of these offenses. So uh, I, I, I saw a lot of teams that were able to run the ball yesterday. You watched Belichick last year in the Super Bowl. They didn't throw it very well. But he shut down Kansas City. Yeah. He shut down the Rams. And I think a lot of people have watched those tapes, and they're like, 
holy good, uh, this is the genius. The genius yeah. figured out how to do it. I don't see passing being as big of, of a weapon. I think some of the teams that can run the ball are going to get out ahead this year of the teams that that are all about the air raid kind of passing. Yeah. I think November, December football, will, will. I think that will prove what you're saying. I do think that, that passing in the winter is always – the teams that can run always come up. People forget the Vikings were in the NFC Championship game two years ago with Case Keenum. Or no, it was Case yeah. Keenum. Was it Case Keenum? I can't remember. Yeah, it was Case Keenum. Yeah, Case yeah. Keenum. And, I mean, they were really good. Their defense just kind of had a, an off year last year. And I don't know if they had a lot of injuries or not. I didn't follow them that closely. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Vikings are that good. I think if Kirk Cousins another year under his belt. And Zimmer's a great defensive coordinator. He was the Bengals' D.C. for a long time. And they were yeah. always good. Yeah, and it seems, too, that the coaches that have the discipline, and he seems like a disciplined yeah. guy, just like right. Belichick, that's, yeah. that's where I struggle with – Pittsburgh is like it just seems like the players coaches I don't know they get into those tough games those tough yeah. situations and weird things happen well I think with Tomlin it's become that thing where the meth and even the fans are like the standard is the standard good afternoon that's what he does the same things all the right. time and I think the players lose that message too I think after a while it's like we're going to hear the same thing and it and it isn't motivational anymore I will give Tomlin this though how long was Antonio Brown with the Steelers 10, 10 years nine years I think yeah I mean, we never what, heard anything no. like, uh, well, yeah, like I mean, this. The, the Facebook Live well, thing. Well, he started to no, go. No, he started to lose himself a little bit. But I mean, I never once heard that he fought Dick LeBeau, which he did. Right. I never once heard that Ryan Clark wanted to kill him, which happened. Tomlin has he's been. So you're saying Tomlin's essentially Italian? <laughs> pretty much, he's kept it quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep it on a dollar. Yeah. Tommy Tomlin. I'm the boss of this family. You don't talk to me like that no more. That would be great if he sounded like that, though, <laughs> in the press conference. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But, yeah, he has he has kept a lid on a lot of strain. And Ben Roethlisberger is not an easy guy. No. Uh, not at all. So, And that's that's known. So he's done a great job. He, he took a ton of slings and arrows over the last couple of years of losing the team. He hasn't got it. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I do think that Antonio Brown, when he wants to be, is going to blow the lid off of things, and he proved it. All right, Bills Jets. Anybody care about that? That was painful for uh, for Jets fans, though, because yeah. Le'Veon looks like an average running back against an average defense, better than average, but not that. We'll much. see what happens. You're off, and then you the kicker flipping. Yeah, Ugh. he came from the Vikings, didn't he? Did he? That, I don't even know who it was. I thought that was him. That was rough to watch, though. Might not have been paying enough attention. Just that had all the TVs on, watching all the games. And I come from a fan's perspective. I don't research anything. <laughs> it's perfect. Packers Bears was about as bad. Oh, that's that's the NFL's worst nightmare. That the Super Bowl and the first game of the year were both equally inept offense by that's one a team. Good yeah, it yeah, was. That, it, it's I, their I never worst thought nightmare. About that, both yeah. games. Yeah, the were last just brutal. Yeah. And, and I think people are like, "Oh, the Packers are back." No, I just think that the Bears uh, fooled a few people. Nagy did some smoke and mirrors with yep. Trubisky. Trubisky is awful. He was never terrible. thought he was any good. That's why I didn't pick them to make the playoffs this year. That's why Scott Forno. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Save so, we, can't, we save you so people stay for the whole program. It is true though, because Trubisky had so much protection last year. As far as like, just don't let him be the guy. And now they want to put a little weight on him. I and mean, it's the next the process is the next step is your offense now. And you saw a little of that. I know it's week one, but you saw a little of that when it's a seven point game. 
And and Nagy still didn't trust him to go down the field. And when he did, the ball was terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, his timing was bad. His, his throws were right. I don't know if that's a precursor for the entire year for him, but I didn't see a whole lot that made me comfortable if I was a Bears fan against a good but not great Packers defense. Uh, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm looking at that line every week and taking the under on the Bears game because their defense yeah. is going to hold and they're not going to score. I agree. I mean, they made the Packers' defense look great, yeah. and they are not a great defense. We'll they're, find yeah. out. Aaron Rodgers said yeah. they're great. <laughs> Whatever he says, mustachioed or not, I'm going yeah. with. He's a hero. Uh, Rams looked human against the yeah. Panthers. That was well, again, going back to the, Scott's blueprint of that, I think the Rams have sort of been figured out. Good teams will look at – you look at the record that Goff has against quality teams, his numbers at least – it's not that great. Yeah. His his passer rating is terrible against quality defenses, and uh, and he really struggles against teams that are good. He feasts on bad teams. Right. And that 15-second thing, once the coach is out of his ear and he has to make a second decision, people now know that, and they start to do late adjustments on defense, and he has to audible out. He never does. So good defenses, fast, on-the-fly defenses will, will handle the Rams until they adjust or he's not able. Browns. Loved no every single no, you second. You felt bad. I felt nothing. I was so sociopathic about that game, <laughs> murderously. So. I wanted I, them to be good. No, I I love Baker Mayfield because he's Johnny Manziel with an arm. Yeah. He gets off the bus with hero face and he's walking around like hey, Baker Mayfield. Everybody says I'm going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then in the third quarter, he's like, "Will somebody please show me the exit?" He looked so bad and so scared. And I'm like, you I love. Oh, he, he looked, just looked down, like oh, defeated. No, because he can't be. When he's cocky, he's so over the top. What cocky. was his press? I didn't see his press conference. What was his press? Oh, conference? I couldn't tell from all the tears. <laughs> you couldn't see through the no, through my tears from the laughter. Oh, the I kept seeing the score. That was like the steel curtain with tears. <laughs> I loved every second of that because he did. It. I've been telling people that too. I think he's going to fall into the pattern with these prima donna receivers of get me the ball, get me the ball, get me. And he started to force everything to OBJ, and it started to hurt him. And I think they have to wrap that up quick and do what they did with Trubisky. He's not as good as everybody wants him to be. Get him out of that gold jacket because he's not ready. And they looked so good to start. The the Browns marched down the field. In the first series, yeah. yeah. Script 15. Now hey, let's get into the 30. game. Let's, yeah, script 30. Script 45. <laughs> I don't know. I want to do I, – I don't know what it is. I like the bravado. I didn't used to like that uh, kind of stuff. I do now. So I don't, you're the problem. Well, you're – I like yeah. it. I like it with the Browns. I mean, you know, just – I understand Mr. Greedy Steeler fan <laughs> who has had it good for 30 years. You 40, know, 47. But, yeah, when your okay. quarterback is Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, it's true for a little while. But uh, I, I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> I just, but I, just I, I watched, you know, the the new uh, thing in the off season was we've got to hire the next uh, McVeigh. Yeah. So you know, obviously the Cardinals hired McVeigh, the yep. Packers hired McVeigh. A lot of people were looking, and then the the Browns they said, let's take a guy who looks like he hangs out at the Golden Corral <laughs> to be our genius. I mean, he he yeah. it was. I mean, he made um, Belichick look like he was uh, not sloppy at all. So it's just a weird deal that you would entrust this team that's got two wide receivers that are high prima donna. You got a quarterback that's a bit of a prima donna. You've got running backs. You got a lot of talent. Yeah. But uh, guess what? They don't have. They don't have an offensive line. Yeah. And once again, the teams that really showed up. The the, the Patriots have a great offensive line. Uh, the Cowboys I obviously believe, have a great offensive yeah, 100% <laughs> that we have. Yeah. Uh, we have on the line an entire pie. 
we have uh, we have a pie factory, the uh, hidden level in, in Mario Brothers <laughs> from years ago. Yeah, I I like that. <laughs> I don't know why that pie thing gets me every time. It's all like he talked pie. about for a month. Pie, 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 three point one four one five nine. Yeah. Pie. I just, I don't know. I think the offensive lines are always going to be the key. The Browns, to me, and my favorite part about Freddie Kitchens, the coach of the Browns, is he's not McVay, but he still grew the stubble, just in case people might think, you know, it, the beard is the difference. Because all these guys have the 5 o'clock shadow, the new McVay's, and Kingsbury won't John shoot. McVay's, we, John yep. McVay's, we all talk kind of like John Gruden, but not quite exactly. John you got a McVay brewing. John McVay, I'm getting there. That's pretty sweet. Hey, working on it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They got to work on my uh, Jay Gruden. They will, uh, yeah, he's just kind of like a, it's John Gruden eating licorice. <laughs> licorice. They will, man. Look at it. You know my brother out there. He's doing all right. He always sounds like he's got. He just got one of his teeth no, worked on. What's that all about? <laughs> what's that? That was Joey Diaz. <laughs> hey, I, who are you? <laughs> yeah, D- Jay Gruden's like the Don Swayze of the brothers Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's he's almost a Gruden, yeah. but you know he's yeah. just not quite as good. You know, you might see him at like two in the morning in a Cinemax movie, whereas you know, you know, where Frank Roadhouse Stallone. is off twenty four, where he's going to be in like Roadhouse the early years. Yeah. You know, that they make twenty five years later. So, <laughs> yeah, I liked it because uh, John yesterday in the middle of the game, or I mean uh, Jay Gruden in the middle of the game, clearly just took his headset off and goes, "We got this wrapped up," and <laughs> just did the third quarter. What's third quarter? We're done. Get out of here. We're done. This one's over. 100%. 100%. Yep. <laughs> 100% done. All right. Uh, let's let's move on to, uh, you know, we're going to skip Scott's picks this week. Why? Good. Complete joke. It is? No. No. He's 4-0. 4-0. said, why skip the perfect picker? There's nothing better than Scott Long's picks. Oh, you know what? I <laughs> want to do one more quick uh, thing. Uh, Sorry. The, the, um, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray. Show, I asked Mark Schlereth, who was doing the game. Yeah. I texted him and said, "What'd you think?" He goes, "Awesome." He said, "Really?" Awesome. He said, because they were down so badly, and he never he didn't do the press thing. He didn't do the fighting for my life. He yeah. he stayed calm the whole time. And what I did like was uh, Coach. What's his name? Uh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yeah. Took the blame off All of and it. said, he said, I did too cutesy. My plays were way too cutesy. Yeah. I tried to do too much. There was no rhythm. There's no nothing. And honestly, that's a lot. I don't know huge. how good Kyler Murray is going to be. I, I think he's going to be Kingsbury had to learn. But he said, yeah, he made bad. That's interesting. Slayer said that because at halftime, he turned to whoever he's doing the game with and he goes, that might be the worst half football I've ever watched. It, it's, it's true. But I think these guys who played in the NFL, if you can be down that badly yeah. and not cry, and you yeah. come back and fight, and you fight the whole way. I think I talked to him on his radio show this morning, and he, he part of it was the, the fight when you don't give up. Some people give up a lot. Most people would have given up yep. there, and I think most. I, I gave up on the game. I, I was completely done with it. I wasn't even going to watch. I was going to watch the Cowboys, but the Cowboys were just destroying. It, so was it wasn't even fun. Such a bad first half. Yeah, twenty three. What was it? 26 plays, fifty three yards. They were averaging less than two yards a play, which is unbelievably bad 
and it didn't look like it could turn around. I have to attribute some of it to the Detroit Lions not knowing how to win a game because they absolutely went out there with they their, they, they did not yeah they didn't play to win they played not to lose and it showed. I mean everything they did was gripping at that point. They don't know how to hold the lead. You got to blame Matt Patricia a little bit at a certain point. Never like, blaming Matt Patricia. Ne- well, I went I to, to his face. I love so Matt. Pat- I love Pluto. Pluto's unbelievable. <laughs> like olive oil should pop out every once in a while. I was like, I've got her. Like he's always got her somewhere. Am, right? am, <laughs> he's got to fight Popeye off during a game sometimes. Like, blow me down. <laughs> but I love Pluto. I just don't think uh, he has what it takes to get that team uh, to put the, like the Patriots way. Put your foot on the throat. He pulled. He pushed so hard in the first half and pulled the dogs off in the second. They were playing so safe. I was just looking through scores. I didn't even know that Tampa Bay was playing. They, they're still the team? That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to get that in. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. We gotta- now, that was a terrible game. Yeah. I watched some of that, and that was just putrid, that game. Um, red Zone's not, not even showing us, baby. <laughs> they weren't in the Red Zone. Yeah, the teams. got to get there like, first, Bruce. Um, you're not mentioning that the uh, the Colts, without Andrew oh, yeah. Luck, yeah, solid. went in tied the game and then the stupidest the only the only overtime in any sport where both teams don't get the ball is the NFL. You cannot name one other sport where both teams don't at least get a chance to get the ball. This happened in the AFC Championship last year where the Chiefs didn't get the ball. The Patriots walked down and scored. Yep. It's 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 better than the old rule, but it's still ridiculous. Why not give both teams a chance? There's nothing worse than when your team comes back, ties the game up, and then by the flip of a coin, you never see the ball again. Yeah. It's got it, long it, defense as part of yeah, the that's game. That's what I was just going to say. You don't nah. need the ball to stop a team. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like the old way. I like sudden death. The coin oh, the yeah. coin flip is like I love ah, the college. I think I they should college. go oh, literal sudden death. Yes, if it's tied. You fight to the finish. <laughs> it's exactly, you, have, you joust. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I liked it before because I agree with what Frank said. Like in Black you're, Panther. You're, that, Wakanda! <laughs> Your uh, defense has a chance to stop the offense, and I don't think so that that's like bad. you like field goal. Kicks. I don't think – the one thing I don't, I don't agree with, I do think it has to be a touchdown. I do agree with that. I don't think you should be able to kick a so 55-yard field I mean, goal. Yeah. yeah, if you but, do kick a field goal, you should, the other team should get it. But I do think that if, you, if a team goes down and scores a touchdown on you – uh yeah you you whatever yeah, you're like out it. yeah but I don't like ties it. though I like I like the idea that you know if somebody scores it's over all right let's do Scott's slightly too long picks okay okay <laughs> I let you know so, I like that uh, we're 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 taping this Monday night we don't know what happened with Denver and Oakland but uh, yes, I, I jumped on that before Antonio Brown last week. We th- Antonio Brown was going to play in this game. Hey, can you hide your face? Play. Can you hide your face partially yeah. for the picks? Ziggy that a little bit. Wilson, you're a little too much. A little higher. Like the, there, perfect. There. <laughs> also, don't right like, there. Wouldn't don't. you? Wouldn't you have loved your nickname to be Scott a bit too long without the word picks afterwards? I'm Irish, so I don't think that'd be true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, here's what I would give you this little bit. Uh, I found this uh, little uh, piece. Of the, the, I think it's pretty interesting. So teams that are on their second road game to start the season are 1-14 and 14 versus the spread. 
So, like, if you played your first game on the road and then you got to play your second game on the road, wow. you're one in fourteen. It's really hard. And if you know that stat, you're a well, degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh yeah, totally. Friend. Wow. E- ESPN Stats Inc. and everybody else combined doesn't know that. Till just no. now, I thought he was normal. Now I picture him sleeping under newspapers. No, totally. Stanford Stephen the Bear didn't even know that. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm scared of Scott. Oh, that's the that's the SP <laughs> guys. Oh, okay. So uh, here's my uh, my best pick of the week. They fall in that. The Bills went in and beat the Jets. Truthfully, that was a pretty brutal game in a lot of ways. The Jets kind of blew that game. Now the Bills are a two point favorite in New York again against the Giants. Now the Giants look terrible against Dallas. But do I think the Bills are going to go 2-0 and in New York City? I do not. I'll say take the Giants plus two. I like a home dog after a team being on the road. The Bengals are getting two points against the 49ers. The 49ers are getting treated nicely. Why? Because they beat the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers look terrible. Jameis Winston. Come on, daddy. daddy. Come on, not. daddy. That's what I'm talking about. Daddy. We're yeah. daddy. Um, so I, I like the Bengals plus two. Um, and then uh, well, degenerate gambler needs to be able to see this. Uh, I like the Broncos versus the Bears because, once again, I don't believe in the Bears. And Vic Fangio was the former defense coordinator for the Bears, and now he's the head coach of the Broncos. So take the points with the Broncos next week. And every week I plan on taking the Cards Cardinals over in every game, even though that was a close one. Right. 42 and a half is that's all the over is against the Ravens who scored 59 on their own. No defenses. Yeah. That's going to be a a definite over. I, I I like the over. So those are my four picks. All right. I'm going to pick a very good Scott. I'm going to pick four games randomly (laughs) and see how I do against you. Uh, Oh, I pressed the button that I shouldn't have. I picked the Lions to beat the Chargers. The Lions are at home. The Matt Patricia is going to be on a single staff again, uh, meaning his crutch, apparently. Uh, I, so I've got the Lions. I've got uh, the Broncos beating Chicago. That's what I have, too. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, I'm just going randomly. And then um, how about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Are you going with them? I got Steelers winning at home this week. Covering the spread at the very least. Uh, no, I got them flat out winning. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they better do. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to be underdogs. And Philadelphia winning on Sunday Night Football. Uh, and these are these uh, Sunday are just Night regular. Football. <laughs> what's what's the word ball? Sunday Night Football. I don't know, Al, but I think maybe you and I need to go out and smoke some more. <laughs> what happened to me? I used to sound like a human being. Uh, you know, I have no idea what you're saying most of the time, but could you bum me a grit? You know, I tell you, they put nitrous in the booth now. <laughs> we slowed down significantly. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love this. This is my new favorite. 
I've not heard this before. Alan you have to Chris. Understand. It's our first time. I love the Chris. The Chris. <laughs> Thank you. I don't yeah. know if it's good, but it's I don't either, but it's accurate. No, there's, there's, it's, there's moments that were 100% there, and you just come in and out of yeah. it slightly while yeah. I'm saying, football. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying that for. Right? The beginning of the sentences are unbelievable. <laughs> you lose them slightly. Ah, a little bit of Norman uh, Donald. Yeah. But God, that's good. I know who it is. Yeah. That's all, to me, that's all that's important. Yeah. And, and you know who you know, Michael's? Football. Yeah, and you know he's starting to do the, the John Madden. Here's a guy. That, that's like, one of the most It's starting to be a thing now. All right. I already forgot what my picks are. We have Jeff Dye coming up special. Uh, he's got some Terry Bradshaw stories. Oh. Uh, he, Terry Bradshaw loves him way more than Terry ever loved me. And, uh, Terry loves the guy. He was on our show and called Terry, oh, and Terry t- called him back. He canceled an interview to call Jeff Dye back. I tell you what, I, I love Jeff Dye. He's Jeff, Jeff Live. Yeah. And Terry Bradshaw, the first time upon meeting him, was over FaceTime, and he called me a bald-headed prick. That's one of my finest moments ever. <laughs> get, get, I him, it. get him back on the phone, bald-headed prick. Get that bald-headed yeah, Because I was asking him if he has one of those tubs. Was with that the on the air? Off no, the- he, we didn't. It would have been yeah. career-destroying for five of oh, us right. had we had any of this conversation on the radio. Yeah. It was great. Can't. I don't know how he – I asked Jeff about um, if they he ever had Terry on his podcast. I'm like, you and Terry should do a podcast together. He's like, we can't do it. Yeah. Because it would just be bleeping and censoring yep. stuff that Terry just can't say. Yeah. So here's Jeff Dye telling us all about the stuff Terry can't say in this interview, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. I love sports. <laughs> is that? That's how I'm starting. Yeah. just. Dude, but yeah. I don't know a lot about sports. My heart is obsessed with sports, and my brain is pretty small about sports. So I love my home teams, and I love certain players, and I love crazy people in, in sports. Um, and, and, but, so then people go, oh, Jeff's a big sports guy. And I am. But then they'll like be like, hey, you want to join my fantasy baseball team? And I'm like, I don't know enough. See, you you have put me in a category that everybody puts me in because they've yeah. seen me so much in sports. I'm not that much different than you. Interesting. I'm coming like from – like it a lot. You just I don't. do, and I grew up playing sports. My dad was a minor league baseball player in the White Sox organization. That's so cool. Yeah. I uh, Sarasota Sun Sox, now defunct. He, uh, we played baseball, basketball, football. Big three. Um, that's and we grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin, so you would think hockey would be in there. But yeah. he's from Chicago. He loved baseball. Went to Triton Junior College, nice. uh, where Kirby Puckett went. Yeah, we'd always rest we, in peace. We'd always tell people that when we were kids. So uh, talk about a lovable chubby guy, Kirby Puckett. Right? Yeah, I wanted to be Kirby. Puckett. Which is what I love about baseball. You still see like fat guys. You'll see, like, no other sport has fat guys. Even the kind of the heavy set guys in the NFL, they're strong. They're very strong. Yeah, and they're, like and they're fat for a reason. The fat is right. so you can't move them. Exactly. There's they're extra base. As in baseball, there's really nothing that does anything for you by being fat. Right. There's, there's not going to be a time where you can't eat for a while. <laughs> Yeah. And, but that's the thing. You'll just see like a fat pitcher. You're just like, right. how is he? And he throws it. He can throw 100, so he's in the league. Yeah. That's amazing. And you wonder if the guy, if he's in shape, if he could throw harder because he, he could move or body parts more harder. quickly. Maybe, maybe. You don't know. Throwing that weight into it. I don't yeah. Know. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what people don't realize in terms of pitching is that so much of it is the legs. Your arm has to be good, but your legs get that last bit of drive to you really. be the elbow with all these surgeries, you know? Well, it's because the elbow can't handle That's it. That's key. That's one of the things is you can you can develop muscles. Uh, you can develop that as much as you want, fast twitch muscle and uh, and and build muscle. Yeah. But you can't really strengthen tendons, right? Bones. And they snap. And ligaments. I saw all these these pictures. All Tommy John. That's what they should name their dogs. Tommy, little Tommy John. <laughs> they, they spent a lot of money on it. Here's an idea. Here's a sports idea. Why don't they just get the fattest guy in the world, right? Like. Um, 
just you find just a morbidly obese man, just a fat guy, and you get him a special custom uniform for your hockey team, and you just make him the goalie. <laughs> you just put him in front. Like that could is that why not? Yeah, like and he'd have a nickname like Jabba. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just in front of it, and they go. Technically, that's allowed. Yeah, he is a man. He has rights. He plays for this hockey team. He makes five hundred grand a game because he can just you just there's nothing. Done. He just sits. Just sits. Can you sit as a goalie? Is it yeah, legal? They even have oh, because they go down. They the yeah, thing. to block. So like, yeah, it's a, even if he can't sit, if you are massive enough, they'd have to change the goals. Yeah, he would be. Uh, he would change the game like Steph Curry did. A pioneer. A pioneer yeah. in the league, in hockey. And he's going to get rich. And sure, people are going to make the jokes, and some pucks might hit his pads. That might hurt a little bit. But you're going to be rich and famous. And I uh, have to be honest. I would, If it works, I would gain the weight to do it. <laughs> really? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, think, in the league. Yeah, and then uh, some of the stuff we were talking about before on another podcast, though, think about this. Think of all the things you could sell on Instagram for fat people. Oh, heck You know, yeah. just... You know, smocks. Give them a role model. Yeah. Know? Give these fat people to go, you know, hey, I, I might, you know, some maybe someone picked on me in high school and stuff, but I'm the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, all that f- eating really paid off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his name would be, I don't, is it, is it Antarctica where they live? <laughs> I don't know. It was either Arctic, the Arctic, or the Antarctic. Arctic Circle. The Arctic Circle <laughs> yeah, would be. Yeah. I'm not sure which is. That's one of those times I wish I knew anything about geography oh, yeah. to know and know where we've the made it this from. far. We don't need it. That's why I keep telling my son. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested in this Terry Bradshaw relationship. Yes. Um, because I've known Terry for a while, nowhere near to the extent you do. Well, thank you. Although I I might have had some chances because Terry used to text me when I would be on Fox. He'd be like, "What are you doing this week?" And I would oh, text nice. him. I would let him know. He's like, "Thanks a lot." <laughs> And, and then I give him. He's got. You got any lines for that? I'm like, yeah, I got a couple lines. He goes, and he would never use them. He'd oh, be like, really? oh, that's a good line, Frank. That's a good one. And he'd get, he'd come on TV like, not funny, Frank. <laughs> like, write it down. To, he'd call well, me he, the next week. But he thinks that's funny to call people not funny. Right. So like, I have a buddy named Randy, and Randy uh, he opens for me on the road sometimes, and almost all the time now. But uh, we were at a steakhouse, and anytime Randy would say something, that would be Terry's humor, which is be like. Will you shut up? That's not funny. He ain't funny. And he would just keep right. doing that, and he thinks that's like. And it, but it is. It actually is endearing. endearing the first few times. Yeah. And Fox got to the point where they're like, after weeks, they're like, keep saying that not funny thing. <laughs> then after a while, they're like, it's not working anymore. Yeah, but he yeah. kept doing it because he couldn't turn it off. Right. He's, he's when stick. he gets going on his thing, it's like it works for me, Frank. One of the best things he ever told me. I, I tell this story too, and then we'll get to your stories because that's what you're really here for. But one of the best stories he ever told me is like I was I was I was doing a corporate thing, Frank. I was doing it I, no. for Pfizer or somebody, and uh, you probably know this. Do you know this one? So know. he's like, I'm doing it. I'm just I'm dying up there, Frank. <laughs> I'm getting killed. They're not laughing. I'm doing. I'm bringing out all my stories, Frank. Everybody. <laughs> I couldn't think. Uh, my grandpappy, my uncle, nobody. None of the stories. I got off the stage and I was apologizing. I was ready to give him the money back. Frank. I was like, Frank, I, 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 it was so bad. I didn't know what I was going to do. And they said, they came up to me and said, you're the best entertainer we have ever had in our entire lives. You know what the moral of the story is, Frank? I'm like, no. Never tell me to give back the money. <laughs> never even 
think about it, Frank, because they love you. That's true. When it is, I feel like that's happened in my own life with like corporate events. Sometimes oh, yeah. they're like real old or something. I'm on a cruise ship and, uh, and the money's real good. So I feel this tremendous amount of pressure to really bring it home and deliver. You know, these corporate gigs pay good. And so then I get off stage. And I'm like, they hated me. They didn't laugh at all. And then there are these sweet old people come up to me. They go, that was fantastic. Right. And they're like, they were just polite. And they were just like, they, right. they watched me like the way they watch a TV program. Like they were just like, we're sitting and politely listening. And what they could do is they could warn you that we have, they, they, they're afraid to do it. Warm. I would rather hear we're a very quiet audience. Oh, I know. Don't worry about it. This, we're not just telling you this to, we're just telling you so you know what the situation don't is. Don't take it personal, yeah. Most people smile here, they don't laugh. So then when you get a laugh, you're like, I'm doing better than anybody's ever done here before. Right. But what they'll tell you is, they'll say stuff like, oh, this is a great audience. And then afterward, they're like, you did the best. I go, nobody laughed. It was, right. They're like, oh, they're always like that. I'm like, you said it was the great audience. We didn't want to scare you. Like, no, just tell me yeah, You're preparing truth. me. That's what you're doing. So you met Terry... Bradshaw. Uh, for a TV show. Yeah, so I had a TV show on NBC called Better Late Than Never, where I traveled the world with Henry Winkler, Terry Bradshaw, George Foreman, and William Shatner. Unbelievable. It was very, very Incredible. Fun. <laughs> that man can tell a story by just one word. Amazing. Yeah, and he makes so many things up. That's one thing that nobody talks about. Like, William Shatner is not as smart as, as even he thinks. He'll, just, <laughs> he'll make something up, and then you'll do, like, a fact check. You're like, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> you know that we have the internet now, Bill. You can't just make things up. But So from the moment I met Terry Bradshaw, we hit it off. Like, the moment we met. And uh, one of my best friends is a cameraman on that show, and he's been my best friend long before that show. Um, he goes, it was weird to watch you and Terry Bradshaw because the second like we met, he was like, tell me about yourself, boy. And while I was like just making him laugh and he's making me laugh, I was taking a photo of his shoes and I posted them on eBay. And I was like, Terry Bradshaw's shoes. Like these are his his actual shoes. And so while we're talking, I think this will be real funny. And I'm, I'm talking back and forth with Terry. And then I get a, a bid. You know, <laughs> like while we're talking. So it's probably been about 15, 20 minutes. And I say, hey, by the way, I'm, I've been selling your shoes. He goes, what? And he goes, let me see. That's. I'm wearing those right now. I was like, yeah, I took the photo right now. He goes, what, while we were talking? I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, man. And instead of like, he just took it so well. He's like, Tammy. He's like getting his wife. Look, this this Jeff guy just sold my shoes on eBay. Hey, sell my jacket. And he's like, <laughs> no, it starts he's to- just on board with everything. He's a, he's a yes and guy in life. I always compare him to like a dog. And I think me and him are very similar that way. Like Bill Shatner is more like a house cat. You know, like you've got to earn it. You know, you have to like really kiss the rings and you have to listen to him. You have to try to have these intellectual conversations and he might come sit by you, you know, occasionally. But like Terry's a dog. He doesn't demand anything from you. He loves you right away. He comes right up. He might be a little loud. He might be a little annoying. Push him away. That's fine. He'll go be a dog to someone else. But he is the best human I've ever known. And we hit it off immediately. I don't know if that's a problem. And we hit it off immediately because he never had a son. And he was like this uh, like father figure like to look, me you, right away. I can say, look, you're six foot four, handsome as the devil. Yeah. I t- you're, you're my boy. Yeah, you're mini me. It's you're so bigger fun. mini me. Yeah, we had so much fun. We were wrestling in the airport. <laughs> what? Yeah, we were literally wrestling each other like after like 45 minutes of knowing each other. And so it was just real fun for us. And like we hit it off. And on the show, they would like – 
they didn't get me my own car, they'd be like, oh, just put them with Terry. Like, and so like we formed this real close relationship because we were over there for so many months, uh, just going from country to country to country. And because that happened, we genuinely enjoyed each other's company. So we were just like, yeah, let's, I, I've, I talk to him once a week on the phone, sometimes more. Uh, he gets it's mad awesome. if I don't call every week. How He's come like, you didn't Check call in me. with Pops. you got to call me. But he doesn't text, you know, or he doesn't text very well. So there's some days where I'm talking to Terry like 10 times a day. You know, because you'll text maybe your wife a bunch of times. Right. When you think of something, you'll text her. When he thinks of something, he dials. And so, like, I'm just like sometimes I'm, I might be the only person on planet Earth that's, like, screening Terry Bradshaw sometimes. And he'll leave the scathing voicemail. Like, you pick up the phone when your pops calls. I know you ain't doing nothing. I know you're looking at your phone right now. Like, he's just, we have a great relationship and he's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. We got tattoos on his 67th birthday in Thailand. He never had a tattoo before. So like long- Oh, that's part of the show. That's why you're in Thailand together? Well, we were in Thailand for that. Okay. Because just you and Terry Bradshaw in Thailand randomly? Oh, no. That was- Yeah. I'll tell you, you know what we got to do, son? <laughs> Go to Thailand. Thailand. Well, that's the thing too is like I think it also helps that I'm not married and I don't have a girlfriend or kids or anything. So I'm still kind of like this young man in his eyes. Right. Like I'm still sort of the boy, you know, still sort of the son to him. And so- that helps because it's like he's like, oh, just come home for Christmas, you know, just just fly up here, boy. Like you know, that helps a lot. But it, it's a it's a really fun father son dynamic. And now I'm like a sister, uh, or I'm like a brother to his daughters. You know? Gender like, fluid. Like two new sisters, <laughs> yeah. And I've got a new mom, Tammy, and so it kind of feels like this whole new family um, that started with me and his father son relationship. So it's great. Oh, that's awesome. He's the best. And I saw one th- another thing on Instagram where you showed up dressed as Terry. Yeah. Oh, that was for what? Halloween? For Halloween. Yeah, I'm like big co- like I love Halloween and costumes and stuff. And so that Halloween I was I was like, I'm going as Terry, and I'm just gonna go to Fo- I go to Fox every Sunday to watch football. Oh, you go there all the time? Every Sunday for football season. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's better. They have all the games on. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Bill Richards then. Uh, hey, producer. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on, boy? Jeff time. I love that staff and crew like everybody oh they're, they're so good it's a family it really is a f- they've been yeah, together and it's, so, it's so fun to walk into that avocado room there'll be like some corporate people I, I was just hold on i was just there yesterday and it's all changed it's all brand new yeah they were they did like a paint job and stuff but it's the same there's thing. new carpet and stuff like that oh, really? it's fantastic uh-huh. yeah they redid the, all the offices from last too. year yes okay yeah because every year they get some sort of weird thing but i don't always like the change it looks it's completely different it looks right. like you're in like executive offices now weird yeah sorry yeah. to cut you off i just no, I was not just at there all yesterday but it's fun to go into that room because because like you said, it's kind of a family. And so I come in, I'm being loud and being goofy and just grabbing food and flirting with the girl that's making the drinks and, and just be, being myself. And I can see some of the people that are in there who have never been there like, who the hell is this guy? Right. Or is, he, is this the owner of Fox's son or something like that? Because <laughs> they don't understand why I'm behaving like that. Um, but because it is, it feels like I'm walking into like my living room in a way for my football Sundays. Right. And then... Um, you know, I don't say who I am. I just keep enjoying myself and talking to the people I know. And then Terry will come in like, where's my boy at? Oh! And then they put it together like, oh, that's his kid. <laughs> and that's why he's a jackass. Um, I don't know why I started to talk about that. Doesn't matter. I don't know. But it's fun to go there. And I like that place. I don't even, people go, I got tickets to the Rams, Seahawks. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to Fox and watch it with Terry. Yeah, that's amazing. The- Way better. So your team is the Seahawks? That's my favorite team, yeah. And what are you thinking this All year? Seattle stuff. I think we're going to be great this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I say that division's uh, a little tough. That that's, you're part of the toughness in the division. Though. That's happened to both of my teams. The Seattle Mariners, the AL West used to be trash, and now it's like the best division in all of baseball. Like every team in that division is fantastic. A's, Angels, Astros, Rangers, Mariners, we're the dead last. Like always, but the AL West used to be the easiest. Same with uh, the NFC West. 
Well, that's cyclical. Be, it used to be trash, and now it's like super hard. That's the way the NFL works, Ugh. though. It becomes cyclical, and you get coaches that have to battle against other coaches. Uh, so Russell Wilson's in um, Seattle, yep. and then you got to get Patrick Mahomes. Everybody has to get a quarterback to beat the, the good quarterback. Right. So then teams build around the quarterback as opposed to maybe something. Everybody wants a quarterback, but if, you're, if your division gets a quarterback, you need to get one. Right. Because otherwise you're just not going to win because that's the position that has the most influence on winning games. Right. Second is probably a pass rusher, somebody like uh Well, it was remember when the Seahawks had that incredible defense, like when we had like the Legion of Boom and yeah. like all these like, giant guys and I don't know who was in charge at you know, I don't know who was charging the Seahawks, but there was like somebody who was just back there going, "Get the largest, strongest black guys we can find." <laughs> I don't care about anything. Make them just get the biggest, you know. Yeah. And they did, and that worked. And then you saw a lot of teams kind of repeat that. Yeah. They're like, let's just. It's the most giant. It's the most. Everybody steals from each other. Yeah. That league is carbon copy. Somebody does something that works. The next year, everybody's doing it. Then they, within two or three years, it's all figured out how to stop it, and then the next thing starts. Thing, yeah. So the 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 Patrick Mahomes thing. What's really unfair too, when you build an investment in a defensive coordinator and he does really good, and then he does so good that he gets to become a head coach somewhere else. Right. Like that's not fair. That was our guy. But that's the that's the it's the nature of the league. You're building people to go beat you somewhere else, and you just hope they go far enough away you don't see them until a Super Bowl. Unbelievable. It's I mean, but it doesn't always work that way. Like Belichick is the opposite. Belichick's all the disciples of Belichick have struggled. Interesting. So it always looks like Belichick, but then they always go, "Is it Tom Brady?" So I mean, they're playing. If you look at all the all the Belichick coaching tree, has nobody's done anywhere near like Belichick. Really? But if you go back and you look at some of these, where did Belichick study under though? Uh, he wasn't a home group no, guy, was he? No, he was uh, Bill Parcells, I believe. He was at that defense. Yeah. Uh, with Lawrence Taylor and all that kind of stuff, I'm pretty sure, not 100, okay. but I know he was he was over there. Uh, Giants then went to Cleveland for a little bit. Um, again, I'm only so much of a sports fan. Where I'm more, the, I'm more the I'm more the fan than I am uh, the expert. This is not the show for experts. This is, we we actually on this show make fun of a lot of stuff. If if Holmberg were able to be here right now too, he'd, he'd just be mocking me and telling me how much I'm wrong about everything. I just said, oh no, you don't understand. And then we have which a guy- is the funny thing about sports is that like. Um, Brant Tobler, very funny comedian, uh, one of my good friends, he used to always say he was a bookie, he was a sports bookie. Um, he was a runner for a bookie. Right. What, you know, so he just did the, that part. But he would always say, listen, one thing you need to know about this business is you don't know shit and they don't know shit. We all watch SportsCenter and we pretend like we know the stuff and we were good. But like, to be honest, if we're all getting the same information from the, from the same sources, then... How do you, you know? Jimmy Kimmel once said to me, he goes, nobody knows anything. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, nobody knows anything. I'm like, why? He goes, because Jimmy Johnson asked Cousin Sal who he thinks is going to win. <laughs> right. If Jimmy Johnson, and this is 15, 20 years ago, if Jimmy Johnson, fresh out of the league, has right. no idea who's going to win, nobody knows. And he's asking Cousin Sal, who right. in Jimmy's sketches was just on a rocking chair in the background most of the time because he made exactly. the picks. And it's like, and also if these guys knew, if they really knew, they wouldn't be yapping their flappy heads on a sports show. They would literally go to Vegas and put a ton of money down and win. And the weird thing for me is that what I really care about in sports is analysis after the fact. I don't. I don't really? love predictions as much. Predictions because yeah. my son will say, "Who do you think is going to win? Who's going to do this?" I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of wasted energy to get yeah. there. I know who I want to win. Right. I don't know who I think will win. 
but you always you can always go back and do some analysis after the fact, and that's interesting to me because you're basing it on something. Sure, there's you're, data. The data, <laughs> yeah, the data. Look back on what were the run plays, what happened here, what went that yeah. way, instead of going, what if they do this? What if they do? Th-? How magical is my hand that you went to? Yeah, my hand, yeah, huh? I'm following every move. Um, you know? But it was it's it's that thing. I don't really care. People ask me for picks and stuff like that all the time. Like, like I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Nobody knows. It's also not that fun. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but wait, so who are your favorite teams, though? Well, I grew up a Packer fan. Okay. So I was born in Chicago. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin being a Packer fan. I've become a big fan of the Raiders because of Gruden and him being so nice to me. That's a problem. I mean, all sports athlete fans or all pro athletes and, and ESPN people and stuff like that. Like, you can find that they don't have any of these loyalties anymore because they're just come in contact with so many great people, right? I hated the Steelers because they beat the Seahawks in Super Bowl XL. Like, that's when I realized, like, I did all the fixes in. They just wanted Jerome Bettis to have this, like, Hall of Fame exit and get his little Super Bowl ring, and I was, like, all, like, anti-Pittsburgh um, Steelers. Little did I know that very soon in my life, I would be so close with Terry Bradshaw right. and the and – the, um, I go to Pittsburgh all the time. One of my favorite, uh, or a good friend of mine, pitches for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I became like this Pittsburgh kind of person, and I, I like. I feel like that happens just in life. Your life gets good enough. Well, I, I've had similar opportunities. I got to, I got to be decent friends with uh, Drew Brees. He brought my son in to watch film. Right. Yeah, it's so cool. That guy, how do you root against Drew Brees Man. when you're in there? He flies you out to talk to the team. I root for players to do well, and I tend to not care as much about teams. I do get a little bit of uh, that empty feeling in my gut when the Packers lose because I grew up watching them so oh, much. Yeah. But at the same time, I just like to see – if I know somebody's a good person, I like him, Russell Wilson. Sure, love that. I, if I, I want them to do well. I want them to win in those situations. It's it's hard. What about the um, – what about – so what's your take on this? I like a guy who's kind of crazy in a sport. That's my favorite players, like an Albert Bell, a Ron Artest. Uh, oh, come, so you mean uh, so AB? AB fits in there? I think some of the guys they might do some things that I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not rooting for that guy. But I do like a person that is like so not cut from the same mental cloth as these. Other I athletes. started out not. Um, it, it depends. There's a certain level. I, like I did, I would not have liked five years ago. I probably wouldn't have liked Baker Mayfield. Okay. Now I'm totally into Baker Mayfield. Right. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but he's won me over completely. I love watching him. Yeah. I love the bravado and stuff. It's, I usually like confidence more so than uh, you know, somebody just being a over the top egomaniac. Right. But I think he's somewhere in there and it's just I just I love when somebody just believes in themselves. I like that too. And yeah. he's he's there and he's been putting it up enough so far they it's gonna show we'll find out this year what happens and I don't wanna make predictions. Right. But I wanna look at back after the fact and go I, I what I really wanna say is he what I'm hoping to say yeah. is he he said it. He went out there. He proved it. This is awesome. That's, That's what a we story. Like. He's a flashy That's, guy. That, a lot of people that do. Delivers. Not everybody does. You can't be a flashy guy that doesn't deliver. You can't be like a you. What's that little Pip's name that used to play for the Browns? Uh, he was great in college and he stunk it up in the NFL. Oh, from uh, Alabama. Little Trent. Guy. No, not not uh, Trent Richardson. No. No. Oh, uh, big... What's the little guy? He played for the Browns. He had one season. He got sacked all over the place. He's just trash. And he was also oh. like a cocaine addict. Oh, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Yeah. So that guy. Like I was into it because oh, I kind of like this undersized yeah. guy. Flashy. He's kind of silly on social media. He seems like a whatever. But then he didn't back it up. So that makes me not like him. Maybe he knew. 
Maybe he knew he wasn't going to work Maybe. in the NFL. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to milk this for everything I can right now. Yeah. And some of the pressure got to him. You never know. But I like a flashy guy who's great. You know, so like yeah. I like a. I like a Ron Artest, but I'm not crazy about like a Swaggy P. Like I need the flash to match the talent, and right. those are my favorite guys. Like a Brian Bosworth, right? In college, like that's so fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A Brian Bosworth and the Seahawks, not as fun because it's like you know <laughs> just getting pancaked, and you know it's just not as fun. But I like those crazy guys. So you're, those are your favorite team. Anybody outside? Uh, who's? Let's do this. Who's the? Who's the coolest athlete you've ever met? Or your favorite, other than Terry. Right, other than Terry, that's... Because uh, we can't have him calling up, I heard you on Frank's podcast. <laughs> no, don't, uh, don't, don't sell your papa down the river. <laughs> He's the greatest of all time. So that besides Terry Bradshaw, um, Jerome Bettis was pretty cool. Really? Yeah, we did a golf thing, and he was just so nice and just sat there, and he just liked it. Uh, Vinny Del Negro. Uh, I did a corporate event here in Arizona, and uh, Vinny Del Negro, the Spurs player, also coached the Clippers for a little. You know who yeah. he is, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, he was in the back of my comedy show, just loving it. And I was going hard. I was making fun of the baseball players' wives and stuff like that about how they didn't do anything and like they, they really lucked out and blah, blah, blah. And just doing all these kind of like little edgier stuff for, for the setting that I was in. And Vinny Del Negro the next day that came up to me, he's like, I want to drink with you. you. What you were doing last night was great. And he was just like so complimentary and um, he just seemed cool. He had a hole in one while we were golfing. <laughs> Won a car. He's like a millionaire. He's like leaving with a free car. He's just like, I don't know. Everything about him seemed smooth and cool. Eric Dickerson. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Oh, listen to this. So we were doing a celebrity golf thing, and uh, I was hosting the auction and the affairs, and uh, I did a little opening for the thing, introduced some of the players to come up and speak, and then whatever. Uh, it was Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson, um, Marcus Allen, and there was a fourth player that I feel bad that I'm forgetting, but they're all in this big thing. And Marcus Allen is kind of like interviewing them, but it's getting a little late. And it's going a little long. And Eric Dickerson just is like falling asleep on the stage. He's literally falling asleep. And because it's gone so long, everyone's sort of whispering. Like, is Eric asleep like on stage? And finally, Eric, while <laughs> Emmett Smith is ranting about how young people need to be more mature and, and uh, respect their elders and get off their phones, Eric Dickerson just interrupts. He goes, guys, this has been great. Everyone's <laughs> happy. Let's go to bed. <laughs> and everyone was just like, thank you. Because it was great and it was fine, but a little lengthy. And he just took control and was like so cool about it. I think Eric Dickerson is probably my answer. Awesome. All right. Jeff Dye, you yes. can find him on social media. Je at Jeff Dye. Just find me. Just Google my name. I'm easy to find. I'm everywhere. Absolutely. And there's also a bunch of stuff uh, coming up with, with him inside the mind of yeah. Jeff Dye a lot more on Both Alan Frank. Minds, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, and like I say, they're. This is a guy who – it's really fun to run into somebody, not just in comedy, but that lives in L.A. You live in L.A., yeah. right? That lives in L.A. or the Hollywood circuit or whatever you want to call it in the 50s. Um, <laughs> the Hollywood but that knows sports. Because so many people out there know nothing about sports. Usually the crew knows something about sports, but a lot of the actors and people on TV don't know that much. It's so great to have you. But in terms of uh, what's on Alan Frank this week, too, is a in-depth conversation about uh, where Jeff comes from in terms of all his... Uh, oh, you, got, you bring Ken Griffey with you? It's been in my wallet for over 12, 13 years. It's from fifth grade. It's not worth anything, so I just put no. It in not the since it's got a bite taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, it's that's it Ken Cookie Jr. It wouldn't be worth anything if it was in mint condition. They no. print, they made millions of these, but um, that's how much I love 
Seattle Sports Griffey Jr. Um, but yeah, listen to our the Alan, Alan. Absolutely, your podcast is Jeff Dye's Friendship Podcast, and it's on uh, iTunes. That's one hundred percent you too. I love it. Yeah, you got to. Are you this, Are you able to talk with people this easily? Anybody? No. No. No people I like. Oh. And if I don't like them, we cut it short and we never air it. And that's happened. Oh, really? I bring people in. I go, no, this isn't going to make the thing. You know what? I'm going to be one of those. No, you won't. Yes, I will. I would talk to you for, I could talk to you for hours. It's fun. I, I agree. Yeah. Best friends forever. That's right. Eat your heart out, Terry. Yeah, he's going to be, now he's got two boys. <laughs> hey, I knew that. Boy. Hey, did you bring my chubby boy? Did you bring my little <laughs> guy? He was my boy before you were my boy. He was, he, that was my, well, he was never my boy. Kind of like a step-step child. Not even my own stepchild. He was like three or four. He was a staircase away. You make him more punched up than he really is. Oh, yeah. No, because he goes rogue. Oh, because he's, he's so much fun. He's the best. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Love you, dude.